Good morning, everybody. Happy 4th of July weekend. I love all the patriotic clothes and spirit. We are having our very first service, and we want to welcome Mike. <laughs> you've seen everybody, if you've not seen your letter, either in the mail or on your email, our new pastor, who has been appointed to us out of retirement, he um, has been retired for 10 years, and he has been called to join us for, it's a six-month appointment, but um, we are excited to welcome, your real name is Pastor William Clemmer, right? Doctor. No. Oh, folks. Just call me Mike. My name is Mike. <laughs> I just feel so weird. Unless you are angry with me, <laughs> then I am the Reverend Doctor. William Michael Clemmer. Okay? And the reason for that is, one, it lets me know that you're angry with me, and two, it gives me half a breath, okay, to get ready for whatever's going to come out of you. Well, we welcome you. Thank you. Good morning. Um, don't forget to check the announcements in your bulletins. There's nothing new that I have up here, so. Would you please stand and join me in the call to worship? We are here because we have collected the hurts and pains of living through another week. We gather as wounded people. We are here because we have also seen joy and hope, creativity and new life in the week gone by. We gather as an inspired people. We are here because we believe that Christ is the power that brings the pieces of life together and makes us whole. We gather as worshiping people. We begin a new week celebrating resurrection. It's Christ's victory over despair and hopelessness. We gather not to relive the past, but to be renewed so that we might build the future. Let us begin. Please stay standing and turn to the hymn number 399, Take My Life. And after the hymn is over, before you sit down, Will you please greet someone with a smile and a kind word before you sit down?
my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at thy feet its So glad you're here. would like to turn our attention to the ministry of prayer. You will find um, prayer requests um, as a bulletin insert. Um, I have no new ones to introduce. Carl, are you trying to get my attention? Okay. If, does anyone have requests? Yes, Carl. Um, I would like prayers to my dad. He had a stroke uh, this past week, and he's still in the hospital right now. Uh, they can't find a whole lot at the moment. They've done an MRI. Uh, CAT scan. They're waiting on the cardiologist right now to do an EKC. Um, they can't find anything in the brain. They're hoping that they can find something in his neck. Uh, so just continued prayers. Okay. Prayers for dad. Others? Please let me encourage you to take the prayer list home. Did I see a hand? Okay. Please remember to take the prayer list home. Okay. Make it a goal to look at it at least once a day. We often load prayer with a lot of things that prayer is not. Prayer is simply turning our attention to God. Doesn't have to be elaborate. 
It can be reading through the names. And it's simple. Oh, Lord, you know. Oh, Lord, you know. And our Lord can do more than we can ever imagine. Please do that. Now, amongst the things that you will find out about me is I give homework, like I just did. Okay? And um, amongst the things that um, often trouble me is that the 4th of July becomes a day in which people forget what it's really about. In your bulletin, tomorrow, okay, take a moment, pray the prayer of intercession. Take a moment and reflect. Take a moment, okay, and read the words from Abraham Lincoln's first inaugural address. These are important reminders. The hope is to keep things in perspective. I have many colleagues that they start their services by announcing their pronouns. You need to know that my pronouns are thee, thou, and thine. You're not Middle English scholars, so you don't know that those are the English pronouns that were only used with friends. Good morning, friends. Thank you. Let us pray. Our blessed Jesus, as we go through our lives, things are not easy. We focus on those things that are most troublesome. We focus on ourselves. Altogether, too often, we forget about each other. And altogether, too often, we forget about how the children are processing what's going on all around them. Oh Lord, you've told us that where two or more are gathered in your name, you would come. We invite you here. We invite you here and we invite you to stir our hearts. 
Some of us need healing. Not just physical healing. Some of us need emotional healing. Some of us need spiritual healing. Life has been a struggle. And altogether too often, it's been too easy to let the beauty of your creation slip from our vision. You have made us wonderful. You have made a beautiful creation. And you've delegated to us responsibility for each other and for creation. Yes, we are to take care of ourselves. However, we are also to take care of each other. And we are also to take care of this beautiful world that sadly we human beings try altogether too hard to mess up too much of the time. There are those who are not with us this morning. They are, however, in our hearts and in our minds. You can close the gap between us and them. You can be the help and healing they need. You can be the help and healing those who are caring for them need. Lord Jesus, we have a hope. And the hope is what you taught us to pray for when you taught us the prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Because we're new to each other, it's hard to know what to expect. Each time we come to communion, there will be a prayer of confession. Because none of us is perfect. There will be words of assurance. Too often we forget from the cross, Jesus prayed the most important prayer he prayed over the human race. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we will affirm our faith.
And now I'll be quiet so that our liturgist can lead us all. Please join me in a unison prayer of confession. Dear God, we need forgiveness. We have badly taken for granted the liberty and the high quality of life we enjoy in this nation, both of which are often denied to most of the people in our world. We have so, so often been blind to the sufferings and accomplishments of those who founded this country. We've lost sight of those who have labored through the years to make it as good as it is today. We have so often ignored the presence of your guiding hand in the flow of our history. We fool ourselves that we are doing it all. We refuse to realize that too often we are blessed despite ourselves. Be merciful to us. Especially forgive us when we forget to make the truths of our spiritual life the stuff of how we live as citizens of this land. Forgive us when, in our rush for success and prosperity, we forget the hungry, the sick in body, mind or heart, the depressed and the lonely, the unemployed, fear and desperation, the homeless, the unemployed, and the victims of our success and prosperity. We repent, forgive us and heal us, strengthen us to work for their healing, and inspire us to work with you to build both this nation and your kingdom, where none shall cause suffering for others, and all of us will be your loving children and act like it. Hear these words of assurance. Jesus has prayed that we would be forgiven. And his Father has answered his prayer. Be assured, because we ask for forgiveness, we are forgiven. Now, each one of us is given the keys to the kingdom of God. One of those keys is the ability to forgive. I'm going to ask you to turn to someone near to you and say these words. Hear the good news. You are forgiven. Would you do that? There is always time for forgiveness. Take as much as you need. Would you care to do the affirmation? Oh, I'm jumping all around. 
it's okay to look at me funny. I'll sort it out. (sighs) Have I told you yet I'm 72 years old? See this smile? Okay, see this smile? I'm retired. You know what that means? I can't figure out how I ever had time to work. Would the children come, please? Come on down. It's okay. Would you come sit on the steps? Ah. There should be, oh, come on up. Come on. The big people, hey, you know what this is all about. The big people want to see you. Come on. Come on. I love it. Thank you. You're good. When was the last time a big person told you to crawl up into a place that you hadn't been before? A couple years. A couple years? Uh, So, how are things going in the big people world? Good. Are they good? Yeah. Are they crazy? Yes. Yes? Always crazy? We have a couple... A couple of you are really honest. I'm going to have to be real careful about asking you your opinions. That's good. That's good. My mom and dad. Yeah? Went at at Frankenmuth. They went to Frankenmuth? That's that Christmas place, isn't it? Yeah. Buzz Lightyear. Did you like it? Okay. I thought I wanted to go see it too, but I'm not. I wasn't sure. You did? No. Oh. Okay. So. Oh, okay. Did you have any chicken? No? Huh? I don't like chicken. You don't like chicken? Oh, okay. Because that, you, you know, what, there's two reasons why people go to Frankenmuth. Is one of them, and Christmas is the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all holidays. Yeah, all holidays, really. Someone, so, someone in, huh? in, in, in that Hiding. Oh. When in that blue one. Yeah. Okay. So, this morning is communion. Communion can be kind of hard to get in our heads because it's different. Okay. And if it's hard for you to get it in your head, 
That's okay. Because even the big people have trouble with it. Okay? The important thing to remember is communion's about Jesus. And remembering Jesus. Jesus is more than just a cool guy that lived a long time ago. Jesus is someone who when we look at his life and learn how he lived, we see deep into the heart of who God is. Now, have you ever had anybody look at you and say, you look just like your dad or just like your mom? Yeah? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that's part Is of that what... Banu, cute, huh? Yeah. Is that Banu, cute? You got new shoes. Me too. All right. And my brother did also. Okay, cool. And he has the same shoes like me. Yeah. So when we look at Jesus, okay, we see God. And we learn about God. So... Look at Jesus. Learn about Jesus. See God in Jesus. And when you do that, okay, you'll start to see something of God in yourself. Because not only does Jesus look like God, Jesus looks like you and me. That's where the two come together. And it's important to remember that. Okay? Now, I heard a horrible rumor. And the horrible rumor is that there's supposed to be lollipops somewhere. Is that true? Yes. Okay. I don't have them. And I don't know where they are. But guess what? (laughs) Okay, can I limit you to one? Okay. Yeah? Okay. (laughs) Go for it, man. Everybody get a chance yet? Nope. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. Hi. You were far away. Hi. Good to see you. That's all right. I didn't see that. (laughs) Whoa, now for the next magic trick is can the old guy get up? And the answer is, ta-da!
Please join me in the affirmation of faith. We believe in God, a smiling, hurting, loving God who has given us everything and who knows all about our sins, yet loves us still. We believe in Jesus Christ, who lived on this earth with human joys, sorrows, hungers, and thirsts, and with a perfect love of God in his heart and the perfect way of life to show us. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the spark of the divine presence in each of us and as our connecting link to God. We believe that because of these beliefs, we should joyfully share our hands in service, our minds and voices in prayer, and our lives in love for all of God's people, whether near or far. Amen. Amen. Would you stand for the Gloria? <clears throat> please come forward for the tithes and offerings.
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, all of the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Our Lord, we bring you our gifts. By themselves, they're not enough, but in your hands, they become all that is needed for the next step toward the kingdom of God. Take these gifts. Move us closer to the kingdom. Hear our prayer. Amen. The next hymn is number 624, Bread of the World. may be seated, I think. You know, you know why there's an order of worship on Sunday mornings? So the preacher knows what to do next. Um, before we move into the sermon, okay, I'm going to do a commercial for the Methodist hymnal. If you would, open your Methodist hymnal, okay, to pay, page VII, Roman numeral 7, okay, folk, we're Methodists, Methodists have rules for everything including singing. Okay? Rule one, 
Learn these tunes before you learn any others. Afterwards, learn as many as you please. All right. Second, sing them exactly as they are printed here, unless you're like me and you can't read, without altering or amending them at all. You have my permission to mess up if you can, can't follow a tune any better than me. And if you have learned to sing them otherwise, unlearn it as soon as you can. Sing all. Do you ever wonder why Methodists sing all the verses? It's because of rule three. Rule three means everybody sing, but it also means sing the whole song. Okay. Now, there are certain songs that we do not sing all the verses. All right. One of those is, Oh, for a thousand tongues, because it has 2,000 verses. Number four, sing lustily and with good courage. Beware of singing as if you were half dead or half asleep, but lift up your voice with strength. Be no more afraid of your voice now, nor, nor more ashamed of it being heard than when you sung the songs of Satan, or if you can remember back to the last time you cheered a lion's touchdown. <laughs> Sing modestly. Do not bawl, so as to be heard above or distinct from the rest of the congregation, that you may not destroy the harmony but strive to unite your voices together so as to make one clear, melodious sound. Sing in time. Whatever time is sung, be sure to keep with it. Do not run before or stay behind it, but attend close to the leading voices and move therewith as exactly as you can and take care not to sing too slow. This drawling way naturally steals on all who are lazy. And it is high time to drive it out from us and sing all of our tunes just as quickly as we did at first. Above all, as far as I'm concerned, this should have been the first rule. Sing spiritually. Have an eye to God in every word you sing. Even when my voice cracks, I'm singing to Jesus. Okay? Aim at pleasing Jesus more than yourself or any other creature. In order to do this, attend strictly to the sense of what you sing. See that your heart is not carried away with the sound, but offered to God continually. So shall your singing be such as the Lord will approve here and reward you when he cometh in the clouds of heaven. Notice the date. 
1761. How we sing is not a new problem. <laughs> there, will be more, there will be more commercials of a kind in the future. Be warned. The focus for this morning, the scripture focus, is going to be Psalm 1. Amongst the things I would like to do is this. One of my habits is to read at least one psalm a day. I would like to invite you to do the same until you read through all the psalms at least once. So that means 150. Okay. So just about Christmas time you'll be done. Okay, at least one psalm a day. Psalm 1, there are two ways. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by the streams of water which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither. In all they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you don't get anything else out of what I say henceforward, what I'm trying to get at is this. The mystery of the Eucharist reminds us that Jesus is the narrow way, the way that leads us to God. Beginning in ancient times, wise people recognized that there are two basic ways to live. One is the right way. The other is the wrong way. That seems pretty obvious. And it seems pretty simple. At one time, it may have been more obvious than now. It may have been simpler than now. At one time, Psalm... 1.6 was an easy source of hope. Hundreds of years later, a Christian would write, there are two ways, one of life and one of death, and there is a great difference between the two ways. Maybe it seemed that way back then. Right now, the right way and the wrong way crisscross all over the place. Now the ways of life and death don't seem so different. Now they often look alike. Now often it isn't simple knowing which way is right and which way is wrong. Now it isn't so easy to pick out the way of life from the way of death. How are we supposed to know? 
I was reading this week about a young person. And the young person was trying to do a good deed. Okay? Her friends were going to do a pub crawl. And she volunteered to be the driver. Sounds pretty straightforward, pretty decent, pretty good. But while she was sitting in the bar, a gunman came in and randomly shot her. What sense does that make? How are we supposed to know? The whole world is caught in this right-wrong life-death thing. You and I are caught in it too. We all want an answer to it. We all need an answer to it. Where will we find the answer? The answer we want and need is Jesus. We are talking about his whole life. We're talking about his death. We're talking about his resurrection. We're talking about his presence with us by the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the gospel Jesus brought. He not only taught it, he lived it. It's the good news of God's love. It's the good news of God's forgiveness. It's the good news that if we admit we messed up, God will actually let us start over. It's the good news that God has room for us in his house. One of the ways I talk about Jesus coming to be one of us is this. Jesus came with a message. And the message is, it's all right for you to come home now. He's waiting for you. And when you get there, there's going to be a party. Don't come by yourself. Don't come by yourself. Bring somebody with you. Because they're invited too. It's the good news that one day Jesus will come back to take us to the place God has ready for us. Jesus is coming again. That is our affirmation, our confession of faith. Jesus is coming again. 
Do you know what the earliest answer to when he's going to come back was? If Jesus doesn't come back today, he's going to come back tomorrow. That's all we need to know. But he's going to come back. What we are about to do reminds us of all of that. It is among the many things that Holy Communion is meant to do for us. The sacrament is one of the great mysteries of our Christian faith. Human understanding cannot embrace all the meanings of it. No one has ever learned all of the lessons held in our breaking bread and sharing the cup. No one has ever used up the new insights into it. No one has ever plumbed the depths of its meaning. There are so many what's, why's, and how's of our holy celebration. There's always something new. Among temptations for us Christians is that we take Holy Communion for granted. We assume that because we know the story of our Lord's Last Supper, we know all that there is to know. We lock on the events that have already happened when we come to communion. However, the Last Supper wasn't merely some last act. It was more than an ending that occurred 2,000 years ago. The lessons we have to learn are not all history lessons. What we call the Last Supper is truly a beginning. There is much more to come. And there is ever so much more to learn. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, and our impulse is to limit our memories. We remember the Last Supper, we remember the crucifixion, we remember the resurrection. Rarely do we remember the rest of who Jesus is. We forget how he lived. We forget what he taught. Our communion is a call for us to remember all of Jesus. We need to do that. Jesus is the right way. Jesus is the way of life. All the rest is wrong. Or at least not as right as Jesus. Jesus is life. The other stuff isn't. It's death. We are to do more than remember. When we come to the bread and cup, we are more than looking back. We come to a new beginning. We start our lives over again. We start to live like Jesus would live. We start to act like Jesus would act. We, when we do that, other people notice. They see the change. They want to be changed too. They want to know who and what we know. How many of us have those places in our lives where we survived and we never thought we would? And how did we do that? It had to be Jesus. Because we couldn't have done it by ourselves. 
There's a short book entitled The Teaching of the Twelve Apostles. It was originally known as the Didache. Few things are known for certain about the book. It could have been written as early as 95 or perhaps as late as uh, 175 um, A.D., C.E., whatever your preferred annotation is. It could have been written around Antioch on Syria's Mediterranean coast. But the book is a catechism. It has some ethical lessons that we moderns would do well to learn. The book summarizes what it means to live a Christian life. And it's a book of worship to be used as a guide by rural elders of the church. The sacrament is almost exclusively expressed in agricultural terms. The elements are offered cup first. Usually we offer bread first. It is, however, pictured as the scattered church. like grain in the fields, brought together from the ends of the earth into the kingdom of God. The bread is a prophetic element. The grain is sown, it grows, it bears fruit, it's harvested. It is made one loaf. As we celebrate the Holy Sacrament, let us look back to remember the sacrifice and grace of Christ. Let us also look forward to the life and unity we can have together as we are branches of the one vine, Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us give ourselves as seed. Seed has to be planted. I've oftentimes wondered what it must feel like to be a seed. What did I do? You're burying me. Has to be planted. Then it can grow. Then it bears fruit. Fruit that is harvested for the kingdom of God. Notice I have to look over my readers. This bread, which is broken, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? As this bread was once grain scattered over the hills, and then was brought together and made one, so let the church be brought together from the ends of the earth and made one in the kingdom of God. We will invite you in a moment to come. Eat this bread, remembering that he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our sins, that the church might be brought together in the blessedness of God's kingdom.
this cup, this cup which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ taken from the one true vine of which we are the branches meant to bear fruit for the kingdom of God? In a moment, you will be invited to drink this cup. For our Lord has said, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. There will be options this morning. Bread is broken. There are individual cups. Our stewards will be with us in just a moment. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Phyllis. Let us pray. Our blessed Jesus, you have consecrated the bread and the cup with more than just words. Your suffering on the cross has made them more than we could ever make them with merely a prayer. Your resurrection has made them more than we can make them with merely a prayer. Renew your blessing on the bread and the cup. And as we take them, Lord Jesus, help us to become you, your body, doing your work in this, your world. Oh, Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Eat this bread, drink this cup. Let the Spirit of Christ make you His to do His work in His world.
eat this bread, drink this cup. Let the Spirit make you into the body of Christ, doing His work in His world for the glory of the kingdom. Amen. Take this bread, drink this cup. Let the Spirit make you the body of Jesus, doing His work in His world. Amen. Eat this bread, drink this cup. May the Holy Spirit make you Jesus, doing his work in his world. Amen. Eat this bread, drink this cup. May the Holy Spirit make you Jesus, doing his work in his world for the glory of the kingdom. Amen. Eat this bread, drink this cup. May the Holy Spirit make you Jesus doing his work in his world for the glory of the kingdom. When I want to see the kingdom of God, I look at the kids. Including the craziness. <laughs> eat, eat this bread, drink this cup. May the Holy Spirit 
make you Jesus doing his work in this world for the kingdom of God. Eat this bread, drink this cup. May the Holy Spirit make you Jesus doing his work in this world for the glory of his kingdom. Amen. Eat this bread, drink this cup. May the Holy Spirit make you Jesus doing his work in his world for the glory of his kingdom. Amen. She did. We're new at this together. We can tell. We're all in it together. We are indeed. Can I get to you? Thanks be to God. Our Lord be praised. Eat this bread, drink this cup. May the Holy Spirit make you Jesus, doing his work in this world for the glory of his kingdom. Amen. I'm looking at the clock. It's 10 minutes after 12. You need to know that my last appointment
Every year, my annual review included a line that said, Dear DS, teach this preacher how to tell time. <laughs> Ten years in a row. If you're able, would you stand? And let us sing 701. And now you are without excuse. You know the directions for singing. So sing as though the love is wondrous. Onward to 